0: Welcome to episode 243 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports.
1: I'm Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And I'm Brian Cristiano, founder and CEO of Bold Worldwide. Rob, what's your social handle? At Rob Cressy. And mine is at BoldCEO. Rob, what are we talking about this week, man? The NFL is back, so we're going to talk about all things NFL marketing and predictions.
0: So, Brian, where do you want to start? I know you just did a, uh, an interview with Brian with uh... Daniel Roberts. Daniel Roberts. I have a friend named Brian Roberts. Shout out to him, by the way. Anyways, proceed.
1: Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I was on uh, Yahoo Finance with Daniel Roberts the other day, and uh, man, it it was cool. You know, I think that's the interesting part, right? Like, at least in week one, ratings are down. Uh, There's obviously a lot of controversy going on and a whole bunch of levels. One of his questions to me was, like, are marketers paying attention to this? My take was, yeah, they're paying attention. They're probably freaking out, and they're overthinking it guys lay off relax take a freaking chill pill don't get too focused in on these early numbers in the NFL Rob what's your take on that
0: so my take is I found it curious that the ratings were down and I wasn't sure why could it
1: is there any chance that there's Patriots fatigue Uh, Maybe. Well, look, right, because the excuse from the league and the networks is, oh, well, it's the hurricane. And last year, oh, well, it's the politics. Maybe it's the fact that, uh, well, I mean, look here, forget that. Look at the 49ers, dude. The stadium was freaking empty week one. Like that's not TV ratings. That's not cuz people were in San Francisco. Oh, I'm not going to go to the week 1 game. I'm going to stay home and watch the freaking news about Florida. That's not happening, right? So, is it is it fatigue? Is it Pats fatigue or is it just general general NFL fatigue or is it just like dude, like week 1 matchup aren't aren't that hyped? People are people are distracted. I don't know, but I don't think it's the weather or the politics that's All the right, problem. Barton
0: you brought up an interesting point about the San Francisco 49ers. You live and work in New York and the New York jets are arguably going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. So what does that do for the NFL? Knowing that one of their, I guess we'll call it premier premier franchises from a marketability standpoint, is at the lowest level possible?
1: I mean, well, here's the good part, right? Like, jets always suck and they're always disappointing uh and so like what do you expect it's the freaking jets dude um (laughs) but here's the double-edged sword about new york teams you're in market one so so that's why you know you're you're saying that obviously it's a big deal to the nfl because it's market one but new yorkers are so used to getting to disappointed by their sports teams uh the knicks uh new york mets uh the jets so that it's almost like part of the, the like pleasurable pain I think maybe so I don't think you're going to have a Jets game where like nobody shows up that's just not going to happen here but if it continues where uh, 2 years 3 years 4 years they're still the worst team in the NFL could it have a massive impact in the long run yeah just like you and I were talking about with the Knicks I think it's I think New York has a little bit more leeway than the rest of the country I guess luckily but it doesn't help that you're that you're that bad of a team for sure
0: Losing is never sexy, but what you absolutely must avoid is dysfunction. And I think that's the difference between the Jets and the Knicks that the Knicks, they keep trying and they're just, they're just a dumpster fire And the Jets. They did have some success with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez back in the day where they were going to uh, AFC championship games. Yeah. So Brian, here's the next thing. Where my eyes are right now is the marketability of the top of the top players in the NFL. And for me, the number one most marketable guy is Antonio Brown, who understands what it means to be a celebrity in this social and digital era. He is active on all platforms. He has a team of people with him everywhere. He's manicured. Me being a Steelers fan, I love it. But most of all, what I love about Antonio Brown is the level of excellence that he brings. He's just not some guy who's going on Dancing with the Stars. You're like, oh, that's nice. He's the second receiver. He is the best wide receiver in football consistently. And from a marketing standpoint, he's doing it correctly.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to also – I agree with you. I'm also going to throw in J.J. Watts, right? I mean, that's somebody who – Look at the personality. Look what he just did with Houston. He's raised raised over thirty million dollars for charity after the disaster in Houston. So I think, like from from my perspective, looking at some of the some of the players that uh, you know on a def, on the def, a defensive end for the Texans is now getting that level of attention. Um, there's some legit marketability there that I think wouldn't have happened had he not put himself out there on the line to really help to raise that level of money and awareness for uh, Texas.
0: So I think that J.J. Watt's an interesting and unique marketing case study from the standpoint of the Houston Texans have not had a ton of success, certainly in the postseason or overall. I mean, they just started out the season by getting smoked by the Jacksonville Jaguars. From a marketability standpoint, that's not a good thing. I see J.J. Watt is almost his own entity above the team. I don't associate J.J. Watt and the Texans. I associate... This guy who's the best at his position, who's great, who's almost succeeding despite everything else that's going on with the franchise. And I love J.J. Watt, and I love his brand, but I just don't see him. I don't know. Are we seeing J.J. Watt in a lot more commercials this year? Let's go with that. I think we are should.
1: We, are we going to see the growth no. of him? I don't know. I don't know. I think we should. I I, I, I think it would be a mistake for brands to not jump on board and say, listen, like, you know, how how do we help this guy help other people? How do we get ourselves involved with this? How do we make this guy bigger? How do we attach ourselves to that? I don't know if brands are going to be smart enough to do so, but I would if I was a big Fortune 500 company.
0: Yeah. And I think JJ Watt proved it with this Houston disaster relief for the amount of money that he raised. And I think at the core of it is he has the ability to drive attention and eyeballs and make things happen. And we always talk about, it's all about engagement and JJ J. Watt he's given back and he's all about engagement. And I agree with you. I would love for him to be the face of my brand.
1: Oh yeah. Look. And, 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 and I think, I think that's it too, because it's like, here's something uh that's interesting right when you think about the NFL and you think about players um it's like everybody's pretty quiet it's not like the NBA it's not like we're talking about LeBron it's not like we're talking about you know Kevin Durant like we're talking about pretty quiet folks for the most part except for when there's an issue and so like here's a dude that made a lot of noise and got a lot of attention for something that's super positive um That's a good thing, and that's something that also... By the way, forget the brands for a second. That's something that the NFL needs to figure out how to freaking embrace better.
0: Oh, agree 100%. All right, Brian, we'll get out on this. Uh, One thing that I was surprised about with week one, there was no mention at all of touchdown celebrations because if we remember last year you and I talked numerous times about how the NFL was clamping down on social media policies touchdown celebrations and in the offseason they said you know what we're going to relax the touchdown celebrations so naturally I'm like boom here's an opportunity for players to show their personality do some touchdown dances get on sport center you know how many of them I saw 0 not 1 and really the narrative that i believe from week 1 was a lot of people were disappointed in the overall week 1 play because there were a lot of blowouts few close games and
1: not many of the superstars did a ton that is interesting i didn't even i didn't even notice which I get exactly is your point i didn't even think about it like that's a great point because going into this i thought we're going to see brands everywhere saying
0: all right Welcome to the pizza challenge where we want you to do your best end zone dance. And we're going to pick five winners from Instagram who have the best end zone dances to sit next to JJ watt on X, Y, and Z because it's the most natural, simple engagement play of, Hey guys, the players on the field are doing end zone dances. I want you to do your own. Actually, there's only one commercial that I remember of an offensive lineman. I think it was Joe Staley. Maybe the fact that I can't remember who it was. (laughs) Uh, doing he's on the ground doing a circle as his end zone dance as the commercial other than that i remember nothing i've seen nothing from an end zone celebration so it's something that i'm going to be looking forward to seeing if this is going to be a narrative moving forward, because I have to imagine it has to be.
1: Do you do you think Do you think anybody's going to come out in the next week, two weeks, next couple games, and actually do anything like pretty cool, wild, or brand get on board, or do or you think it's quiet right now for some 100% other reason? One hundred
0: percent, my man Antonio Brown will. He balled out, eleven catches, one hundred and eighty yards in week one. Didn't get into the end zone. Okay, you know who else is going to do it? Once Odell Beckham Jr. gets into the end zone, yeah. he he's going to do something. Uh, I do think it's interesting, though, Ezekiel Elliott, there's tons of controversy around him. He got popular last year for jumping in the Salvation Army buckets. Right. The notoriety there. What if Ezekiel Elliott's that guy? all of a sudden he's going to bring some more attention to himself then people are going to say well w- well wait a second and then we're going to get both sides saying well isn't he allowed to do this but wait a second what about his potential oh. suspension
1: what yeah what do you if he does right let's say he does something wild gets a bunch of attention what, how do you think the NFL is going to react given given uh, where they are right now with him I, you have to let it be because if
0: he's playing, then you can't have any other rule other than the fact that he's abiding by what the current standards are of touchdown celebrations. So from the Ezekiel Elliott brand, I think I would I would go ahead and do it. Not that he's this gregarious guy who's looking to get tons of attention, but if he's going to do a cool end zone celebration, I'm down with it. I don't support Ezekiel Elliott as a brand because I'm not the, I'm not a Cowboys fan or Ezekiel Elliott fan, but nonetheless as a Non partial guy. I'm fine with him doing a big
1: end zone dance. Well I guess we'll have to wait and see if he does it or anybody else. Rob, what's your last uh, what's your last takeaway or note here on this episode? My biggest takeaway and
0: note is I'm gonna be looking to see if we're to, if more NFL players are gonna start expanding their media brands, hmm. more podcasts. So hypothetically speaking, I would love to see an Antonio Brown podcast. You know who was very successful at that? Richard Jefferson on the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers have been in the NBA finals, I believe it's each of the last three years, and all of a sudden Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye now have one of the best NBA podcasts because they can give an inside look into what's going down with all the Cavs players. I believe that this is an opportunity for these players to leverage their brands even more by saying, all right, I'm going to control this narrative. If I'm Antonio Brown, I'm going to go and get Le'Veon Bell on the podcast. I'm going to have him wrap some bars. I'm going to get TJ watt, JJ Watts brother on there. Then I'm going to get TJ watt and JJ watt on the same podcast. It
1: would be an absolute home run. And look and just for the audience's record Rob is like totally running late to a meeting So he's like super dedicated to the sports marketing huddle We're like three minutes past his deadline But uh, since we're going down this rabbit hole Rob you gonna give us another 90 seconds to finish this out? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So look, I mean, you're bringing it up. I think what's really freaking cool about that, and this just came in yesterday. I don't know when this podcast is going to air, so it might be old news by the time we do, but the Bleacher Report is doing a new Facebook show, Facebook Watch show, with Marshawn Lynch. Talk about, this is everything you and I have been all about, talking about, looking for, and Bleacher Report's doing it where, hey, we're going to do a real show with Marshawn. What do you think about that? Absolute harm. So Marshawn Lynch, I would say,
0: is one of the most underrated marketable players ever because I don't know if I'm going to use his word correctly. He's quixotic. I don't even know how to say oh, that Wow, word.
1: I don't even know what that is, but that sounds freaking cool. He, he's mercurial. Oh, I like that word. Oh, he man. marches to the beat of his own drum, but guess what? Everybody
0: loves him. Like, he had the thing years ago when he had a Lamborghini, and then he roped it off with red velvet. And then he's like, you know what? I know I'm one of the best running backs in the NFL, but I'm just going to leave for a year. And then I'm going to start doing all the stuff with Skittles. And when... When someone doesn't abide by the rules, and certainly within the NFL constructs where they are the judge, jury, and executioner and things, I think Marshawn Lynch is someone that you want to know more about what's going on in his world because nobody can understand his world. So take Marshawn, take Antonio Brown, take J.J. Watt, take the top guys. I don't know why there is just a camera following each of them. I mean, we see the success of Hard Knocks. It's fantastic. Jameis Winston... I love the guy going into this because he's a born leader and he's successful. But after seeing that, how could you not want to see a Jameis Winston show?
1: Dude, I want to see all the shows. I think this this is like you know what's crazy is this is just the very tip of the iceberg. This is just the like just the beginning. Just the very beginning of, hey, you know what? we're going to have shows that aren't produced by TV networks and media companies we're going to have shows that are produced by brands we're going to have shows that are produced by the athletes themselves we're going to have shows that are produced by Bleacher Report and other digital media companies and produced by Facebook this is where we're headed and instead of like waiting for the 7 o'clock TV show of whatever the hell you're going to go and say hey I want to watch Marshawn Lynch I want to I want to watch JJ Watt I want to watch Rob Cressy's show man because this is who I like this is where we're headed dude this is me media in the next five to seven years.
0: And you know what I think this is going to come down to? Bleacher Report versus Barstool Sports. And when yeah. Pat McAfee went from being the punter of the Colts to signing with, with Barstool, everyone's like, oh, look how cute this is except for the fact that guess who has access now and is seen as the non-media guy, media guy, and I think you're going to start seeing Barstool Sports recreate the Marshawn Lynch's show, Marshawn Lynch type shows yep. that Bleacher Report is doing because their audience will gobble it up at like incessantly. Of course. And I know I will certainly watch it. And if you're doing that from the lens of Barstool Sports as opposed to the lens of ESPN, those are two completely different points of view and what Barstool does so good they understand social and digital consumption.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, that's where they get their start, right? I mean, that's Barstool gets it. It's obviously a totally different taste of media, a whole, totally different taste of coverage. But why can't you start turning that into little shows and appease your audience that way? It's going to happen, dude. It's already happening.
0: You know what I want to see? The Rob Gronkowski show is sponsored oh. by Barstool Sports.
1: Oh, yes. I'm tuning in.
0: I Erica if, Nardini, sign me up for that immediately, please. Yeah, Erica, can you please
1: make it happen, Stat. I will tune in, I will watch. We will get an advertiser for the damn thing. Let's go. I wanna watch this thing. righty yes.
0: So Brian, what's your takeaway?
1: My takeaway is, man, we covered a lot of ground NFL. My takeaway, two two things. I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but one of the things I found interesting, I was trying to pull the ratings number from week ratings numbers from week one of the NFL. Uh, that 13% drop was from the, 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 the first games, uh, the first night's games, not the entire weekend or Sunday. And, he can't get the numbers. They're all delayed. Nielsen's delaying the data. And they're saying it's because of Florida. But you're like, wait a minute. is it? They, are they just that bad? Is it, what, what's going on? It's probably because they're just that bad. Like, let's delay it a little bit and buy everybody some time to figure out uh, how we're going to spin this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. By the time that we drop this episode, maybe people are like, ah, he was totally off base on that. But we'll see. That's one. And then the other thing is, dude, like – it's going to come down to individual personal brands becoming the core of content and video and like little micro TV shows on Facebook, on YouTube. I mean, dude, I'm freaking doing it. Marshawn Lynch is doing it. Dude, everyone should be doing it. And so this is the opportunity. This is like the, you know, the, the land grab, which is like, dude, if you're a brand, you should be doing this for the athletes that you sponsor. If you're a team, you should be doing it for your team. So on and so on and so on. Don't wait for the networks to do it. My takeaway, I'm waiting for the first
0: brand to create a fun and engaging end zone celebration marketing campaign. And then when that happens, we will rate and judge it on this show. Yeah, we're going to do it, man. And today's quick action item. For those of you who want to create your own podcast, you are in luck. I created a book called Podcast Hustle, a step-by-step guide for growing an audience and building a podcast. You can get it for free. On my Twitter, at Rob Cressy. It's pinned to the top. Do it, check it out. Let me know what you think. I would love to help you along on your podcast journey. Just like, and even you, Antonio Brown, if you're listening to this, get that ebook. I want to help you out build a podcast because it can do so much for growing your
1: brand. Dude, get it. And for real, I mean you put a hell of a lot of effort into that damn thing. I mean, how many pages is it? 60 something, 70? Yeah, 60 Woo! or 70. 60 or 70 pages. No, for real. Like it is legit, it is deep. Like I actually think you're crazy for giving away for free. So, if you haven't yet, man, go 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 get it up before I convince Rob to start charging for the damn thing. <laughs>